0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Nursing Standard podcast. My name is Alison Stacey and I'm a senior reporter at RCNI. This week, my guest is Dr. Kiara Delora, a nursing workforce lecturer at the mm. University of Southampton. Dr. Delora recently conducted a study on burnout among nursing staff relating to the length of their shifts, choice of shifts, and whether these factors can be connected to burnout. We discuss all things related to burnout, what it is, how to recognise it, why it is a problem in the nursing and healthcare profession, and why it might be more common for nurses working 12 hour shifts. We also discuss tips for managers on how to spot the early signs and what to do. Let's go to our conversation.
1: Hello everyone, my name is Dr Chiara Dallara. I'm an Associate Professor at the University of Southampton in the School of Health Sciences and for the past um, 10 years or so I've been uh, conducting research around various aspects of the work environment um, in the hospitals and in the nursing workforce. Uh, Particularly I've been focusing on shift patterns, staffing levels and burnout.
0: Great, thank you. So can you Start by telling us what burnout is. I mean, is it just tiredness or is there something specific that leads you to say that you're burnt out?
1: Yeah, that's a really great question and one that actually the scientific community is still debating. So, uh, just last year, actually, a team of more than I think 30 international experts around burnout uh, gathered together to come up with um, a a definition of burnout. And they still struggled um, to find one that, uh, that captures everyone's different uh, sort of conceptualizations. But I think if we need to give an answer in a nutshell, burnout is definitely more than just tiredness. Burnout is about feeling exhausted. So there's an exhaustion component and it can be mental and physical exhaustion. But But, but it goes beyond that. So it's not just feeling tired and exhausted there's also a component of um, cynicism or depersonalization meaning that you look at the clients or the patients if you're a nurse or your clients as uh, objects as numbers so they're not persons anymore they're depersonalized to you and then there's also that uh, feeling of reduced performance so what what in the literature what according to Maslach uh, Bernas model is called personal Accomplishment, so that's that's reduced. Um, so basically, you look at your performance and think, "Gosh, I'm not performing really well. I used to do much better." And now, look at the quality of care I provide is not that good. So, in a nutshell, these are the three components of burnout. Of course, there are different scientists, and they will look at burnout slightly in slightly different ways. Uh, but I think these are the the main components.
0: What about sort of motivation as well? Would someone sort of have feelings of maybe um, feeling overwhelmed or not wanting to go to work in the morning? Yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly right. That's another component of burnout. I think it comes into that sort of cynicism. Between that cynicism and exhaustion components, you've definitely also got less willingness to exert energy. So you're really not motivated at all it's definitely the other uh, side of the coin um demotivation
0: and could that have sort of affect your concentration at work and your ability to do your job
1: yes absolutely yes um, I think yeah you're very familiar with this topic <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely so the um, the sort of mental and cognitive impairment at work is also another symptom of burnout I have to say, in my sample that I analyzed for my study, um, nurses—very few nurses—had that symptom uh, when it comes to burnout. They had, they definitely had the exhaustion one and the sort of mental distance one that you mentioned, but not so much the um, uh, the, the, the sort of cognitive impairment one. But it can definitely be a symptom of burnout too.
0: That's that's actually really interesting to know. So. Um... Why, why is it important to sort of recognise burnout in the health service and particularly with n- nurses? I mean, can it impact sort of outcomes on patients?
1: Yes, absolutely. So, and there's really overwhelming evidence around that. So when nurses are burnt out, they're more likely to um, make mistakes. And again, it's, it's all because their, yeah, their performance really is affected. And even the, not just the the safety, but also the quality of care they provide. So for patient's experience, it's going to be, the patient experience is going to be impacted if nurses are burnt out. But then, of course, it's also not so great for the health service itself, because if nurses are burnt out, they're more likely to be off sick. And also they're more likely to express um, intention to leave. So that means that when a nurse is burnt out, yes. If they don't recover, then they're also more likely to possibly leave their job in the long run. So, of course, for the health service, there's consequences too.
0: So then, you know, you're going to lose these skilled workers because they they can't continue in, in that work.
1: Yes. And I guess that's another main difference between, you know, burnout and sort of acute fatigue or tiredness. Uh, burnouts you just don't recover from burnouts uh, by having a few shifts off or a nice holiday it's uh, burnout is a really serious really serious syndrome and uh, and state and it's not it can be reverted for sure but it's not gonna be a sort of quick fix by having a few days off so very often when nurses encounter burnout they then end up uh, possibly leaving
0: and job, leaving so. leaving nursing altogether.
1: Yep, absolutely. I think uh, we've seen a lot of anecdotal reports. I don't think we've uh, seen any hard evidence that demonstrates that if you're burnt out, then you're going to leave the job and the profession. But I think on social media or on, on, on the news, we keep seeing a lot of these uh, anecdotal reports of nurses saying, you know, I'm burnt out, I've had enough, I've just decided to change. And I really keep seeing so many of them uh, dropping like flies really and saying, Oh, I've had it, no more work in nursing for me. I'm just gonna do something completely different.
0: No, I certainly know anecdotally as well that there's many nurses that's either left their sort of the setting that they were working in or sometimes altogether. So can you tell us a little bit about the study that you carried out and what what it was you were looking at? It was to do with um, the impact of longer shifts. Is that right?
1: Yes, yeah. It, it was a bit more than that. So it was looking at uh, a lot of different shift characteristics because, again, having had already, you know, having had conducted studies looking at long shifts and burnout, we kind of knew that the association was there and not just from studies that I have previously previously, um, led, but also other studies in the broader literature. So we wanted to know, for example, what was the impact of nurses also uh, working nights, and not just nights, but also was it rotating nights or permanent nights, and and also things like taking breaks, because we know very well that uh, working long shifts is exhausting, and so it leads to to higher exhaustion. But what if you've got access breaks does that make a difference so we wanted to have a look at that too and we wanted to look at total hours of of work so uh, i guess again if you work 12 hour shifts but you only do your 37.5 hours per week then maybe the th- th- there's implications that are different to working really long working weeks where you do your standard 35 37.5 hours and then On top of that, you do over time, because again, another feature of 12 hour shifts is that some nurses tend to like them and need to work them because it means it allows them to do extra shifts on top of their standard hours. So, yeah, we wanted to look at that, but also we wanted to look at the impact of choice because we didn't really know how many nurses actually want to work these long shifts. And so if you are a nurse who wants to work 12-hour shifts, who has chosen to work 12-hour shifts, is that going to mean that the effect of, of those long shifts is is attenuated, is, is decreased? And so, yeah, that, that's what we set out to look during, for this study.
0: And so how did you go about it? It was a survey that you yes. surveyed different nurses, is that right?
1: Yes, yes, it was a survey and it was launched um, all over the UK and Ireland we got I think it was 873 valid responses in total and I find that uh, for me at least it was a great uh, success in the sense that nowadays for nurses after especially after the pandemic when they were surveyed by so many different researchers nowadays they really got a sort of survey fatigue because they're, they're like you know I've been asked Way too many questions already. I, I've just had enough. So, but actually, it was really good uh, that we could get that number of nurses um, working in really different settings. So, it was not just uh, acute care, hospitals, it was all sorts of settings, including social care, which was really good to have that variation in the sample. So, yes, that's, that's how we did it. We launched the survey online.
0: Right, so yeah, survey fatigue as <laughs> as well as all the other types of fatigue that nurses yeah. get as well, <laughs> well, that sounds like you had a you had um a really good sort of range of samples that you got back, and what what were your main findings that you found from the responses?
1: Well, first of all, I think if we look at sort of descriptive findings, we found that the majority of nurses now work twelve hour sheets I think. We kind of knew that already, but this finding, looking at results from all over the UK confirmed it. But also we found that really like the vast majority of nurses have really little choice when it comes to their shift length. I think it was only like 10% of the nurses who had a complete choice when it comes to, to shift pattern, like to shift length. And so, so that's, that's really, really low. And we also looked at the sort of correlation between the shifts that nurses were actually working and their ideal shift uh, length. And we found that actually uh, more nurses who were working eight hour shifts were happy with that shift length compared to nurses working 12 hour shifts. So it looks like nurses working 12 hour shifts had fewer choice. I mean, less choice compared to nurses working eight hour shifts. So it doesn't seem like they've chosen to work these long shifts or they might have chosen it, but it doesn't, seem, it doesn't look like it's their ideal shift pattern. Like if they could, they wouldn't have chosen those, those long shifts. It might be that they had to because, I don't know, of childcare arrangements or any other sort of caring um, commitments that they have, which means that for them it's so much better to work compressed working weeks. All for what I was mentioning earlier, the sort of need to do additional shifts uh, on top of the, their sort of core standard shifts and other, you know, other reasons. You know, anecdotal reports of people saying, I, I, I love 12-hour shifts, I need to work 12-hour shifts. But actually, I think it's more like that people need to rather than that, that they like it and they, they are a fan of 12-hour shifts. Uh, so that was really really interesting and then what we found was that basically working shifts that are longer than 8 hour than 8 hours is associated with burnout and that choice helps you know choice if you have more choice you're less likely to be burnt out but it's not enough so uh, having choice is not enough to sort of cancel out the negative effects of working longer shifts i think that the consequences of these and the implications of these are uh, that now, especially now, there's a lot of discourse around choice and flexibility and uh, flexible working, which is great. I'm not by any means saying that it's not a good initiative, but I think it cannot be looked at as the magic bullet that is gonna solve all of the workforce issues and and the burnout and the dissatisfaction, because if you give people choice. Uh, and they choose to work long shifts, uh, it doesn't seem like that's enough uh, to protect them from burnout. And also really looking at those nurses working long shifts, they were also more likely to report inadequate staffing, uh, inadequate breaks. So all of these, it looked a bit like 12-hour shifts were associated with uh, a clustering of negative work environment features.
0: I was going to ask that because when you know you, you said that there was a a link there that you that you found between the those working longer shifts and the uh, sort of the propensity for burnout whether it is the the longer shifts themselves whether it's that working those extra 4 hours or whether there's other things components going on there and you're saying that you know there's um there's often Reports of lower staffing levels, inadequate staffing, less opportunity to take breaks. Is that because the settings they might be working in in 12 hour shifts or did you get any sort of idea of why these why these environments aren't as good in these 12 hour shifts or sort of the chicken and the egg situation? Is it one causing the other? Is burnout, burnout staff working in these settings or is these settings creating these? bad environment
1: yeah you're right it's a chicken and egg situation and because well many of the studies around burnout including my one that we were just talking about uh, are cross-sectional It's really difficult to say well yeah people were completely healthy and fine and then they started working and they burnt out after that but I would say burnout is an occupational syndrome. That's something I really haven't mentioned at the beginning. But burnout happens because you work, you do work of some sort. It doesn't have to be work in the hospital or as a nurse. It can be even work at home, but it's because you're working. If people are burnt out, it is because of the work that they have done. So while it will probably or at least not now, it's not possible to to sort of pin it down and say, yes, it's definitely that causing the burnout. I think really looking at the fact that it's a series of and a sort of clustering of these negative features of the work environment that leads us to think that that's the cause and burnout is the consequence.
0: We've talked about like You said that 90 was it 90 percent of your respondents said that they worked weren't able to choose their shifts, and there wasn't um, flexibility for them to choose the length of their shift is that so right
1: it was um so I think it was around ten percent who had complete choice so ah. the rest of the sample had some choice, but a lot of them actually didn't have any choice whatsoever. The majority didn't have choice, but it wasn't quite that much it wasn't ninety percent
0: so an employer might choose this route even though there's sort of a danger of burnout is that just because it's easier there's only one handover during the day like well two handovers actually (laughs) in 24 hours and then easy to do the rotor easier to keep track of everyone is it just is it sort of a logistical thing is that because presumably it's not for staff or patient outcomes that they're choosing that route it's for organizational ease?
1: Yes, absolutely. And uh, uh, we've done last year, actually, we've done a discussion paper around 12-hour shifts and the sort of value propositions that were used to introduce and implement 12-hour shifts. And we've actually looked at them and uh, were able to find actually a lot of evidence to say that these value propositions were not realized, these benefits were never realized. So things like, uh, because like we, what you were mentioning, because we've got fewer handovers during the day, then we're going to be saving money on staffing because, yeah, you know, it doesn't take a genius. If you've got fewer hours to staff for during the day, then it means lower costs. But actually we looked at, there was a study that we did and we found that actually it's not true. The staffing costs per day are not not lower because you're very likely to be needing to call in more people because more people go off sick agency bank so in the end the staffing costs per day when you're working 12 hour shifts are not lower compared to when you're working eight hour shifts and then there was also the sort of okay and then if you've got fewer handovers you're also gonna be um, having better safety because you have fewer opportunities for miscommunication to happen so people's handing over information in the wrong way if you reduce the points of handover then Better patient safety, but again, no evidence of that whatsoever. There's no evidence that when nurses work to a large shift, there's fewer uh, sort of safety incidents. Actually, quite the contrary, and also reports of uh, miscommunication at handover is not absolutely not impacted. And satisfaction, again, because of being able to work these compressed working weeks, again, the evidence is really, really. Going so in the opposite direction and saying that when nurses work 12 or she's, they are less satisfied with their job. And again, they might be more satisfied with their life in the sense that they have got more days off, but not with their job. So when they're at work, it doesn't seem like they're they're really happy. Um, I mean, I could go on and on, <laughs> but essentially, they, yes, they were introduced based, with assumptions that uh, were based on savings and better efficiency. But I, I, really yet to find any robust evidence that that those benefits have been realised.
0: So it's sort of a bit of a miss then that it's the saving the money. So if you, if I was a nursing manager working in the setting, and I know that my staff are maybe on a on a route to this stress and syndrome, what what is there any small changes that's, that you could make in the workplace? Because obviously there are very big pressures at the moment in the health service and it's staffing levels are an issue every day those people that you know are going in often are not facing a normal or an an easy shift it's going to be tough what small changes realistic changes can they can (laughs) managers make
1: sure that they're doing yes definitely the the one you just mentioned breaks and those breaks need to be respected, and that's that's a really important one, I think also, because the problem with burnout is that once you are burnt out, like it's already too late, not last stage, but uh, it's already quite far ahead. So I would say if you're a nurse manager, it would be great if you could learn to spot the early signs of burnout, so for example, if you notice that the nurse is working in your workplace, you know they tended to be cheerful, lively, happy, uh, really, you know, engaged with the clients or or patients. And then all of a sudden, they start to become more cranky, more less engaged, uh, more tired than usual. Again, that's a a sort of, I would say it's an alarm bell there, There's, there's a warning sign that there's something not quite right. If you spot these signs early, go and talk to them. Because again, we know that one of the Protecting factors from burnout is also leadership. So if you've got a line manager, is um, it's really really important to to basically go and, and speak to your staff if you if you notice that they are they're tired uh, they, or they're different, they change in the way that they interact with patients. So that's one thing. And being approachable and and understanding, I think, is also really important. Then there's things that can be done again to support staff during the shift themselves so there's things like padding systems so for example encouraging staff to work together during a shift so that they can sort of support each other and say you know I don't know I'm looking after this bay of patients or this group of patients and you're working with that group of patients but uh, during the shift we'll have some touch points just to double check um, how Each of us are doing because again is that community building is that fact that that is really a protective factor again against burnout. So knowing that you're part of a team that you're not just on your own and that someone else is there to support you if you if you need them during the shift or even staff huddles. There's also more like organizational um, initiatives like Schwartz Rounds, but they they're very usually beyond a sort of single nurse manager. They're usually an organizational initiative but uh, there's quite a bit of good evidence that they work and and support uh, staff well-being
0: okay Yes. I've not heard of that before
1: no so it's an initiative basically it's quite well spread now in the UK and it's basically these meetings they're facilitated and they're open to all staff so there's it's not just for nurses or uh, doctors it's open to all staff and there's no hierarchy and it's all about well-being, so it's not about performance. So that isn't the topic of those meetings is not how did we do on this metric or that metric. It's more about how are we doing. And and it's staff, it's all prepared. So staff will share some stories, and then together, with the help of the facilitator, you know, people will reflect and and learn from these stories that are shared. But the the focus is well-being, is not performance and but again it's an organizational um sort of intervention rather than one that a single nurse manager can start but uh, when it comes to um what managers could be doing brilliant
0: thank you so much and just like finally how important is this and I'm sort of in the bigger picture of the nursing workforce like it, are there concerns that if this isn't addressed that we could see sort of a a big exodus from, from the workforce.
1: Yes, absolutely. So I think we've already started to see that. What I would say is not, oh, do something now. uh, Otherwise the consequences will be really negative because it's already happening. So yeah, do something because it's already happening. It's not something in the far future It's already happening now. And, you know, in, I think in my sample, uh, half of the nurses were burnt out. That's a lot. That's really a lot. So, in previous studies, it tended to be more like 25%, which is still high, mm-hmm. but uh, 50% is incredibly high. So, and again, it, my sample might not be representative of the whole of the UK workforce, of course, but uh, I think it is deeply worrying. Again, given that we know the consequences of burnout, if this is how burnt out the workforce is at the moment, then yes, we're not. Um, It's not gonna
0: go well, I'm afraid. Oh dear. Well, on that cheery note, I think we can end. But no, that's been really helpful. We've got some really good tips there and also ideas on how to to identify burnout and whether in a colleague or in yourself really, and maybe taking those steps to catch it before it's too late, I guess. But anyway, thank you so much for your time.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Alison.